You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. That's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Some ballads today. <laughs> Downtown studio. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. It's like mm-hmm. a breakup this morning. Yeah. You broke up with the fact that the Flames are going to mean the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that's not the case. Eliminated last night. Thanks to the 3-2 shootout loss to the Predators. We'll wrap up the show with why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs 960-960? We'll talk to Blake Murphy, too, for about 10 minutes at the bottom of the hour. Blue Jays play their home opener today. Take a little breather from the Flames. Yeah, like, yeah. Should, should be Selfie. sunshine and roses over and, in Jays land, right? And we'll talk about uh, the Baltimore Selfie. Orioles have by far and away the best home run celebration thing. I think oh, I've yeah, ever it's seen. dope. It's dope. I think I've ever seen. We'll do that with it's Blake Murphy, so too. It's so frat house. I love it's it. awesome. <laughs> and the name is probably the I best know. part. We'll do that at 8.30. But right now, Flames reporter for Sportsnet, we say good morning to Ryan Leslie. Hey, how are you? Gentlemen, good morning. I'm great. How's it going? It's good. Um, what was the uh, What was the vibe like in the dressing room last night after that loss? Well, I think you could hear everything you needed to hear in that little snippet you played by Michael Backlund. You could just hear... Uh, just how destroyed they were uh, with the realization they weren't going to advance into the postseason. And I think um, you heard it in the tone, which I think was everything. And, you know, I thought it was interesting to hear Rasmus Anderson talking about how the expectations on the outside weren't bigger than they were maybe inside that room. And, you know, You'll hear the coach talk about uh, how the expectations from the media and what have you were were too much. It was just nice to hear. I think a coach does that to, you know, deflect or protect uh, what's going on. And I just think it was it was honest um, with Rasmus Anderson. They knew they were a good team. They knew uh, their general manager had built a good team, and I think it, uh, they know that this season there was uh, there was plenty to go around in terms of where did it go wrong and you know why did it happen this way so i think the tone and from from michael and the uh some of the explanations uh from guys like rasmus anderson really hit home um right you're obviously around the team a ton how much belief was in this room up and even until last night even till that shootout how much belief was in this room that this team can actually get to the stanley cup playoffs well i think that the idea that they were playing so many games, you know, down to the wire with that pressure of being eliminated. I don't get the impression that they were phased by the moment. If that's uh, where you're going with it in terms of, you know, playing in that game where they could be eliminated. I don't, I think they came in business-like, but yet loose in the right approach. But yeah, I just think that uh, it's a group that, you know, is going to, kind of give you what they had for this season, uh, I, I think they're a better team than what you saw. But the reality is those one-goal games, those, uh, you know, examples of of why this team is not advancing that you've talked about on your show and everybody's talked about around the water cooler. And that was just, it just kind of typified what you saw all season long. And, and I don't know if anyone's going to be surprised. I kind of get the sense that the team, that the, the fan base was getting uh, beyond uh, frustrated with the same narrative and the same uh, results and the same way that they went about it. And 
there's a lot of pride in that room to kind of hang around as long as they did and not give it up. But yeah, even, you know, watching that game, I mean, you could have told me that you'd seen that exact same game 10, 15 times throughout the season. No problem. Maybe considerably more. I don't know. It sure felt like more, mm-hmm. um, but this is a team that uh, has talent, um, has a lot of pride in that room, uh, but just could not manage to get it done. So you know, the belief inside that room was there, but I, I think there were certain moments guys, and I'm sure you guys can point to it just as well as I can, or any, anybody watching this group, there were moments where that belief I think took a turn and uh, took a real dive at times after key losses. And I don't know, you can point to three to Chicago or, you know, these national ones or, or even just ones where they felt they deserved a, a better fate. And there were certainly moments where the belief took a hit 17 overtime and shootout losses most in the nhl if i would have told you that back in october you would have said what boy uh, that's gonna be a, a bumpy ride all season because those are those are tough and you know we've all asked these players how do you get yourself up off the mat um and they did to a degree but they didn't change it you know the the, the same result so um you know, you remember that uh, tweet uh, by the agent Alan Walsh about uh, the definition of insanity. Uh, you know, that was that can be applied, I think, to a lot of different examples this season. But man, just the same thing over and over. I I don't know how they can kind of, you know, when you look at that overtime record and you look at those one goal games and lack of leads and lack of winning streaks and. Boy, it's just a big pile of. I asked Rasmus last night. You ever been at any level? You ever been a part of something where you could point to so many things that didn't go your way and be that close? I don't think he could, and I don't know if many can. This was just a unique and bizarre year across the board. Yeah, I guess a couple of positives here have been the years for Michael Macklin and Tyler Toffoli, a couple of career years. But when that's kind of the the diamonds in the rough, it's. It's maybe a little disappointing. How do you look at this season for for Michael Backlund, and and what do you see for Michael moving forward? Uh, I thought he was great. I thought he was great last year in the postseason. I thought he was uh, really solid uh, this time around as well. Um, Yeah, you talk about silver linings. That's one thing. But, you know, going forward, I don't know when you look at his situation, his age, his ability. He's a good hockey player who – is probably feeling extra heavy today because he's the longest tenured flame. He's the guy who, you know, has seen it all every era around here since, since he was drafted. And I don't know. I just, I don't know how, uh, you know, it's going to play out, but I think that this is a guy who could have a future uh, here. He could have a future elsewhere. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of hockey still left in him. Um, how long does he want to continue? Time will tell uh, here in this market, but he's been nothing but class on the ice uh, in the community as well. And uh, I don't know. I just don't know how how you uh, – sorry, I'm just getting uh, getting going here, boys. Oh, um, yeah, no worries. All right. It's this morning routine. we got children here, you know. Yeah, you guys yeah. real responsibilities. Neither of us would yeah. understand what that's like. Yeah, yeah. Pucks in deep. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's uh, – it's a tough one to predict at this moment. And, and you can hear the raw emotion in his voice, uh, fresh after a loss. I, no doubt he's, 
he's a player who's got to think about what comes next. No doubt, uh, you know, people around him, uh, certainly uh, the, the where the the GM sits, uh, the team that every team this time of year is going to say goodbye to players is where does he go with this? So uh, there's a couple of scenarios and conversations. I'm sure that you guys and others are batting around today about what comes next. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think we wait, we see, but I think everybody's got an opinion as to who stays, who goes on and off the ice behind the bench, what have you Uh, there. I truly believe this is going to be even more fascinating of an off season than we saw last year. And that is saying something, isn't it? With those departures and then those additions, I think we're in for one. So buckle up. Uh, Ryan Leslie in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, guest hotline, Sportsnet Flames reporter, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose 960, the fan. Does Michael Backlund ever strike you as a guy who would just go chase a cup? Or or is he a guy that kind of wants to be a flame for life? He strikes me as a player with a lot of pride, a real professional and I think he will, uh, no matter where he goes, give you everything he has. I, it's a hard, that's a hard question because... Um, Is there a Ginla vibes around Michael Backlund, you think? No, I, different players, different... You know, I, I know I know what you're asking. Um, and I've, you know, obviously heard the whispers about last year, him asking for a trade as well, and having that rescinded. Uh, I've heard that as well. Um he strikes me as a guy who's going to be very thorough with what comes next, and he will handle himself with uh, with pure class. What that looks like, I think we're going to know uh, sooner rather than later. But he's earned, uh, you know, an opportunity. Now he's not a free agent as of yet, so he hasn't earned that comp- that mm-hmm. actually uh, in the letter of the law. But this is a guy who, if I think wanted to. Uh, uh, go somewhere to look for that. Um, you wonder just how accommodating it would all be, but there's a lot of questions, uh, that have to be answered before that happens. He's sitting there, no doubt thinking about it all. And, uh, he will probably have some pretty pertinent conversations sooner rather than later. So, uh, I'd love to sit in on those. I'd love to know what, uh, what he wants to do, but certainly right now there's going to be a lot of players inside that locker room who are, really unhappy with the way it went really unhappy. Like this was a really taxing season. A lot of players. Now I know it was taxing on the fan base. Um, it's taxing uh, on the media. Um, there's just a heaviness that, um, really permeates from, from that room. Um, and losing will do that. And a hard coach will do that. And, you know, un fulfilled expectations will do that. There's a lot of blame to go around. And, uh, and then as a result, what is the aftermath? Where does it all fall? And I don't know. I just, it's, I think things are going to start to heat up sooner rather than later. And I think we're going to probably be having a lot of these types of conversations as to what comes next real quick. Do you feel like it's been taxing going all the way back to even the way that this season started? Or do you think that there was just, you know, the way that it started was just the start of the snowball rolling? Or was this something where even from the start, maybe they were behind the eight ball? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right from the get-go, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt great, uh, I'm sure, inside that room, uh, early, like the first few games when you get some wins. And, hey, wait. Five but, and two? Know. What's that? They were five and two to start? Like Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. And it's so early that you don't know who's found their game. You don't read into that in any way, shape, or form. At least I don't. Um, but, yeah, it got it went off the rails real early. And we talked about many times, as I know you guys have, about, you know, just not being able to string wins together. And you're not, you know, you get three in a row off the hop. You didn't win three in a row until the first week of December. And, um, and then you didn't do it again until late here. And I don't know, you just, you didn't get the goaltending you needed. You didn't get the coaching you needed. You didn't get the, 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 the new players going the way you needed. There were some defensive uh, challenges. Uh, it's just a, a year that from, you know, the start of it all, really uh, let you know that this was going to be a long, painful one. And uh, to their credit, they hung in there pretty late, didn't they? Game 81 mm-hmm. before they were eliminated. But uh, that's that's not going to feel good to a fan base that deserves more. What have you learned being around Matt Coronado? As a lot of fans are hopeful that he'll get to play against the Sharks on Wednesday. I thought your interview with him back right after he signed during one of the intermissions was outstanding, just kind of getting to know his personality a little bit. But have you bumped into him anymore? Had it any more chats with him? What more have you learned about Matt Coronado? When, and what a game in a, in a season that, you know, is lost would mean to this young man. Yeah, you know, pretty shy guy, pretty uh, nervous, at least uh, outwardly. Uh, inside, I can tell you that uh, some of the veterans have uh, taken him under his wing, and uh, he's just kind of that wide-eyed kid who is just like, this is the National League, wow, you know, from from meals and you know, getting to know Calgary a little bit to just kind of getting to know his teammates. He is like blown away at, uh, at how different this is from Harvard. Let's put it that way. Jacob Pelche and Matt Coronado. I think everyone would like to see them in this game Wednesday, right? Like that's, we, yeah, you got to see yeah. them, right? Like practice I mean, is going to tell, but why, and why not? Why, why wouldn't you? Um, it's interesting. Corey Sarge last night was uh, saying uh, on and off camera uh, during the broadcast about, Oh, I don't know, you know, you're obviously excited to get in, but is this the right scenario? And for me, I certainly defer to a player, and I certainly defer to a Stanley Cup champion in, in Sarchi, but I kind of disagree. Like, he, all, you know, he's been around soaking it up and soaking it in, and he he needs to get in that game for himself just to know what it feels like. It's going to mean something to him. It may not mean something to anybody else, but it'll mean something to him. And, yeah, everybody's playing for something, and eh, does it does it really – how far does it go? It may not have any effect on next season or his immediate future, but you want to get in. Mm-hmm. At least I believe you do. You just want to get in and and feel that for a moment. doesn't mean anything, at yeah. least in the standings or to your teammates. And they're probably playing heavy and, you know, I don't want to be here to a degree, um, but they're professionals, and he needs to feel that moment. And, uh, and I hope he does. And I think, it, you know, when you think back to uh, the Jacob Pelche situation and how it was handled publicly and, and then how it was handled internally. And I mean, you gotta be a bit of a recruiting tool, even at this level. Um, you've got prospects, you've got draft picks, you've got people that you want to come and play in your organization to know. Now there are no promises. I can tell you that like Brad, living did not promise Matthew Coronado, uh, an automatic in to the lineup. There was a lot of work that had to be done and a lot of scenarios that had to unfold. But uh, it sure would be good to see both those kids, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, it absolutely would be. Um, all these questions, obviously, uh, we don't know what it's going to look like, how many changes are going to happen. But if you were a betting man, Ryan Leslie, who's more likely to be back next season, Tree or Daryl Sutter? <laughs> ah, that's a good one. And uh, that is one that I think everybody's asking. Look at me buying some time. Sorry. Um, Sorry I had to no, ask you that question. You know, that's a good one. Uh, and I think it's one everybody's asking. And I think it's one everybody's got an opinion on without any real uh, concrete knowledge can, of the situation. Can I um, give you an out? Yeah. <laughs> Is there a chance both are back? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's Is there more of back. a chance both are back than one or either of them not being back? I think there's a better chance of them both being back than than the other scenario. Um, I do think that there's a chance that, that neither are back. I do think that there's a chance that Daryl's back and Tree isn't. I do think there's a chance Tree Living's back and Daryl isn't. So I just uh, am spreading it around here, but everything is on the table, every single scenario. And like I said, I think that it's going to happen swiftly, whatever it is. And um, there's some hard decisions that are going to have to be made from Murray Edwards on down. Um, True Living has to decide his future. Certainly Daryl's under contract for two more seasons. Uh, players have to make decisions for agents if they want to be back under this scenario. Um, you know, they have, the organization, whomever is going to be making the decisions, has to make those calls right away to get those decisions made about who they want back. The future of this organization is fascinating to me. We've all seen middle ground is the worst place to be in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. You do not draft high. And if you want to win, you have to have those high draft picks. I'm not saying anything that your listeners don't know, but it seems that living in the middle for this long has really crushed uh, the organization for a long time. They've had little spurts, little good runs, little moments to to make you think. Um, But bad building, you know, uh, not a, a huge history of, of, uh, of winning a head coach that, you know, some love playing for, some don't. Not exactly, um, you know, a ton of uh, of options right now for either free agents or prospects to say this is this is going the direction that I believe in. So you've got to turn that around. You've got to change that. Your head coach needs to be still a part of the recruitment. You've got to do it differently and and do it better uh, as an organization if you if you want to change things here because the standard here has just not been good enough. Now I know Daryl said he was brought in to clean things up here. It's not cleaned up, and there's still um, five playoff wins in his tenure here uh, in the second go round. That's not going to cut it. Flames fans, um, you know, it's not on one person certainly. It's and it's there's plenty of uh, of blame on those players, and I think today. Everybody looks and says, you know, it's on me, it's on me, it's on him. There's lots to go around, but it's got to change. And I do believe there will be change more than regular. So uh, not to avoid that very relevant question, but I just I don't know at this point because I don't think they know. Does uh, and this is a question, uh, again, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like I'm grilling you, but I wanted to ask you this too. If I'm new to Calgary, if somebody's new to the Calgary Flames as an organization, 
what the hell is the philosophy of the organization? It's easy to say it's to win a Stanley Cup, but mm-hmm. you have to show things as an organization to do the right things, to do the right steps, to build a championship team. Because as you mentioned, you look at all the recent Stanley Cup champions, they're built through the draft, and that's how you have mm-hmm. to do it now in a hard salary cap era. What is the organizational philosophy of the Calgary Flames? Do they even have well, one? Yeah, they do. Um, and certainly they have a list, a, a priority. and um, The type of team they want to build, they have the type of, you know, way they want to execute on and off the ice. And and uh, you're right, it is easy to say win a Stanley Cup, but it, it's a hard league, as everybody knows, and you hear everybody say. And, um, you know, we were talking about Nashville last night. They got one final in their history, I believe it is. And yeah, David Poyle is one heck of a GM. And so, too, is Brad Terliving. And, uh, you know, there's a culture in these organizations. And I know a lot of people say, our oh, culture, you throw that word around. But, unfortunately, sometimes that culture defines you. And you don't define that culture. And the culture in Calgary has not been winning, has not been deep runs, has not been high draft picks. So what is it? That's another great question. Unfortunately, it's been mediocrity. And that is not good enough. And um, players who are excellent players come here, and some thrive, but a lot haven't. And so this culture of mediocrity, unfortunately, uh, has to change. I know True Living and his executive team are some of the very best in the business, and they are committed to changing that. Um, these players, uh, especially these new ones uh, with, with good contracts, have got to turn things around. It's on them. And I wonder, um, you know, because I don't expect the coach to change much. He's pretty much set. He's got a resume that will tell you his way is effective. Mm-hmm. But it's not working here, just like a lot of other things haven't worked here. So we can sit here and say, I've done this, or I've done that, or I was a great player over here, or I had this many points, or I coached this many Stanley Cup. If it ain't working here, I, I don't know about you, but I don't think the fan base wants to hear it. Right. You want to know what you're going to do here and change this mediocrity and give them a deep run. Give them uh, a reason to continue to give you their money, uh, their loyalty, all that. They do so much great work in the community. These players are committed to it. You know, behind the scenes, so many great people. That's the part that I think a lot of people feel for is that there's just so many people who you you know, want to do well and have that success because they are really, really good at their jobs and, and, and really good people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's tough when you, you know them away from the rink or you know the job or you know their objective to win the Stanley Cup and what they're trying to do um, to bring that to a city that desperately needs it. But um, there's going to be some hard questions. There's going to be some tough answers. There's going to be some change. And there's got to be some philosophical changes for sure. And I think there will be, but I just, you know, you got to go again with what have you done to, to prove that? It sounds great. It sounds nice that I'm saying it, but what, what's actually been done? And they're going out and I, I'm not one that says, oh, I'll spend in the cap and that's, that, that's fine. No, that's a lot of teams do that. Yeah. Um, and there are, is a new way with today's new player to try to get the most out of them. And you can, you can look around the league at the way coaches, because it, it's not just X's and O's, is it, guys? It's no. it's how you manage manage personalities, and this is a different generation. And uh, young guys gotta 
be a part of it. You, you know, I know some aren't ready and some are. And how do you manage all of that? So I'm fascinated. I, but to your original question, I just think it, the mediocrity is what, what I think Flames fans are, are tired of. Ryan Leslie, Flames reporter for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Ryan, sorry I went all Frost Nixon on you, but uh, great <laughs> no, stuff. But I, you know what? If there's a, you know, you've still got one more game to be played, and then some real questions are going to yep. be asked, um, you know, afterwards. And 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 you have to you have to have these conversations, and you have to uh, I, ask those questions. You just have to. I I got I got to ask you one more thing. Um, should the fans hear from the owner himself? Should the owner come out and say at the end of the season, this is my mandate, this is what I want to do? Because they they need to hear from him, right? Sometimes you got to yeah. hear from it, from, yeah, from, from, I, the, I from the top. So. I think that's very fair, very, very fair. And uh, he may want to. Uh, he's been very behind the scenes, yet very active uh, in the league with the organization. This is an owner who um, is very aware of... Uh, of a number of things going on. Um, it's not like he's absent. He's not. And he's very much in touch with your living, very much in touch with others in the organization, very much following along, very much cares. Um, but I, to the point about maybe doing things differently, maybe that's exactly what does need to be done. You know, that's one step. That's not going to solve anything. Um, but I think it would go a long way um, to your point with a fan base that, probably has questions for him and would love to know what mm-hmm. what the answers are and what the next gener- what the next step is uh, going to be like. So I, I would think that that's a very fair hope for some. He may want to do that. He may not. Um, they've got a very capable uh, general manager in Brad Trilliving. But with all of the uncertainty swirling around, right. maybe that's where you can feel that stability come from an organization that – you know, in the last little while, you know, maybe longer, hasn't exactly felt that stable. Ryan, terrific stuff. Thanks for this, pal. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, boys. There he is in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Using the same secret recipe since 1975, down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Uh, again, I'm I'm new to the city. I uh, Sometimes there has to be accountability when it comes uh, through the organization. Uh, when the Leafs get bounced in the playoffs, Brennan Shanahan has to speak because he's the president. I know John Bean's the president, but do people really want to hear from him? Like, do, pe- do people be like, okay, John Bean just spoke. Okay. But, again, you want to hear from the owner. Tell me what the mandate is for the Calgary Flames. Because a lot of pro sports teams and fans don't want to hear this. It's a business. They're mm-hmm. in there to make money. Yeah. Are the Flames in it just to make the playoffs, to make that playoff revenue? Maybe they are. Maybe that's a team that the Calgary Flames is. Maybe that's why this team has been wrapped around mediocrity for so many years is because the owner wants to see this team in the postseason to make that sweet, sweet postseason bank when you don't play payer. Love when the you don't two games. Play Love it. Player. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the mandate is. That's why I would like to hear from the owner and go, give me your perspective on the season and what is the plan moving forward to have this team ultimately win a Stanley Cup? What is the plan? Do we know the plan? It's easy just to say, hey, I yeah, let's win ass- a cup. We assume the plan exactly. after the trade with I Kachuk, want right? to hear the plan. 
Mm-hmm. What is the plan moving forward? If you're getting rid of the coach, if you're getting rid of the general manager, tell me who's in place. Tell me who's making these decisions and why are you making these decisions? I just want to hear it. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Account- We're all accountable at some point in our lives for something. Yep. Accountability is real. Tell me what the mandate is. With all due respect to John Bean, do Flames fans want to hear from him? Nope. Like Don Maloney? Murray Edwards, man. It, Tell me, let me hear from the owner himself on what this team has to do. Look what happened in Ottawa when, God bless him, rest his soul, Eugene Melnick spoke, and he would just say the <laughs> dumbest things, but at least you're hearing from him. Yes. And you're like, now I know why the Ottawa Senators are a tire fire. Listen to what this guy's talking about. Yes. At least let me hear what you have to say on what the plan is moving forward on the Calgary Flames. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're doing. Maybe bring somebody else in from the outside to have a fresh set of eyes on this whole situation. Instead of just being shrouded in secrecy and letting somebody else. Because there's a lot of people in this. What I've what I've picked up, what I've gleaned from being in this city since October. Tell me, let me hear from the owner himself. Tell me what you want to do. Fans are getting fed up. Like, no one is being fooled by the constant in and out of the playoffs and all this stuff. They want to be a team that is consistent, that makes them feel like they actually have a chance to win. Look at that. Because this is a a group of fans that can be very passionate about their team, but at times it cannot be as well. Look at that owner north of this city, and he's done some questionable things off the ice. We don't have to get into that. No. But he's built them a new barn. Mm -hmm. He bottomed out the team. Yeah, they've had a ton of draft lottery luck. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. But they knew we had to bottom out to get really bad to pick these impact players. Because I think the fan base is ready for that. Oh, this fan base has been ready for a rebuild for years. If you can rebuild in Toronto where money is just flying all over the place and you want to fill the barn, you can certainly do it in Calgary. Rebuilds are way quicker nowadays than they were a decade ago, too. You know where else they're doing a rebuild? Montreal. Mm -hmm. You know who leads the league in attendance? Montreal. Yeah, and will fans go to the rink if this team is bad? Probably not. No. But eventually they'll come back when the team is very competitive and has blockbuster superstar players that you've acquired through the draft. All right, enough of the ramp. You've had That's a couple doozies rants. today. It's two rants today. A couple doozies. Uh, we got to apologize to Blake Murphy. We got to get to him as quickly as possible. Alex, move some stuff around and we'll wrap up the show with why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? 960, 960 name and location. It's all straight ahead to the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We'll wrap up the show with, why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? 960, 960, name and location. But we'll take a little breather from the Flames for about 10 minutes. The Blue Jays have their home opener today at newly renovated Rogers Center to talk about it. Blake Murphy, Blue Jays and Raptors analyst for Sportsnet. Blake, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a uh, home opener day. I'm excited. How are you guys? It's exciting. Um, what what do the dimensions look like at the ballpark? Have you seen them? Is it going to be a lot more fun? Is it a lot more interesting? <laughs> Your initial thoughts. 
I wish I had an answer for you guys. I have not been inside yet. Um, I'm going down around, I don't know, one thirty or 2 today, but I wasn't able to uh, to make it the kind of the media tour that was uh, last week. So I'm going off all the 3D modeling and, you know, how it looks in the little simulations and stuff like that. Everyone keeps saying it's going to play neutral, but then you see those walls as close as they are. I don't know. I think the ball's going to fly, especially if you're looking that kind of right field power alley where guys like Vlad, Bo, Chapman, uh, kind of take it the other way. That looks like prime hitting to me. Uh, is Does it have a little Yankee Stadium vibes to it or no? Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I guess the, the, the Yankee Stadium thing is, you know, it's for dead pole guys. So maybe this one doesn't reward the, the guys who sell out for the power quite as much. Um, but yeah, I think the, the idea of, well, the Yankee Stadium has a, a particular special thing and you can – you could target players who fit that. I think, yeah, that, that part makes sense. And the premium they put on outfield defense and guys who can use that kind of right field, other way power lane. Um, you know, maybe that's what they're expecting. Alec Manoa gets another look today. What are you expecting from big Puma? Yeah, I think I, I would imagine, you know, having not talked to him, but I'd imagine he sees this as a little bit of a redo of the season opener where yeah. he wasn't particularly good. And, um, you know, his last game at Rogers Center was also a playoff game in which he didn't pitch particularly well. Uh, I would imagine he is quite fired up for this one. Um, we saw him against Kansas City look you know, much better in terms of missing bats. The control wasn't there quite as much, but this is a guy we've seen him when he's at Yankee stadium, when there's a big opponent coming into Rogers center, uh, he gets really fired up for these moments. And the fact that his last two kind of big moments would have left a bad taste in his mouth. I would imagine he's, uh, he's pretty fired up for this one. Now, like he's an emotional guy. Do you think that's one of the challenges that he'll have through his career is kind of trying to manage those types of emotions? Because, you know, everyone's paying attention. Even Alex Verdugo's keeping close tabs on it. Yeah, Alex Verdugo, uh, you know, that's I, I got a whole bushel of thoughts on that. And I think uh, if you don't if you don't want a guy talking smack to you after he strikes you out, there's a pretty easy solution to that, and it's don't strike out. Yeah. Um, no, I, look, I think Manoa's type of intensity is good for the game, and it's good for the Blue Jays and certainly for Blue Jays fans. Um, in terms of harnessing that and managing it in big moments, you know, he's a young pitcher. It's something he's going to have to – you know, to be aware of. I, I don't think it's something that's going to hamper him really. Like we saw in the all-star game, he was real fired up for that one. And he was dominant. We've seen him, you know, make his not debut, but one of his very first outings at Yankee stadium and be electric like that. Um, the truth is though, any of these competitors who are on that high a keel instead of an even keel, you know, there are moments where that can get to you. And we've seen it from guys like Derek Cole or Max Scherzer. It's not unique to Manoa. And as a guy you know, really in, in this will be his kind of second full season, his third partial in the majors. Yeah. That's part of his learning curve is how do you dial that into, you know, an extra mile per hour on your fastball instead of a little bit of lost command. Cause you're, you're too geeked up. So um, I, I wouldn't worry about it too, too much big picture. And if we're being honest, it's a long baseball season after today, the next big, big game is, uh, you know, game one of the playoffs. So he's got a little bit of time to work on it. How fun is watching Bo Bichette play shortstop uh, every day, Blake? Did you say fun? Yeah. Adventurous? Uh, Interesting? Yeah, Frustrating? It's, it's a little up and down. Um, you know, some days it's fun because he does look, when, when things are on, it looks pretty smooth there. Um, you know, we've had a couple examples early on of 
some of the areas that Bo's still challenged and working on. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to blame him too much for uh, the one the other night where you know it's a it's a infield single and he probably doesn't have a chance at making a play on it, but it hits him in the in the back boot and ends up a triple in right field. That's just one of those bad hops. Um, but he has made a couple of the throws that you know you probably should have eaten the ball and, and those throws sailed on him. That's the kind of thing where I, I know we're past errors as the primary way to evaluate defenders in baseball at least analytically but you never want to be near the top of the league in those and that's you know that's the next step for him is figuring out hey i can get to a lot it's almost an anti-jeter thing right where jeter never made errors because he didn't have a lot of range could get to a lot of balls and if he did he'd, he'd eat them sometimes because the arm wasn't elite well bobachet thinks he can make every play possible and you want that level of confidence but you got to learn a little bit sometimes uh you know, when to just gobble it up and not try to make that throw. I think he's going to be, I don't think elite defensively, but I think he'll probably settle in as, as you know, about an average defensive shortstop. There just might be some low lights sprinkled in with the highlights. Do you think he can win a batting title in his career? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the, yeah, for, for sure. If you're talking batting average, he's led the league in hits uh, two years in a row now. And the bat to ball skill is elite. And I think, you know, what that gives you is not only a chance to have a high batting average, but you look at way, different ways that a pitcher could approach Boba Shed. And the book on him for a really long time was he's hyper-aggressive early in plate appearances. So, you know, throw him some junk early on. And he adjusted to that to, again, some of the better breaking ball pitchers last year, sitting spin a lot of the time, waiting on them to try to throw him stuff on the fringes of the zone. Even the home run he hit the other night, um, was a curveball very low beneath the zone that, you know, that's that's for a lot of guys a, a no-swing pitch because even if you reach out there and get it, you can't do much with it, but Bo can. And, and I think that, you know, he's been more patient this year, and while that hasn't materialized in a ton of walks, what you're seeing is a guy who can wait for his pitch because if it gets to two strikes, so what? He's got enough bat-to-ball skill to fight off fringy stuff and, and wait for the pitcher to make a mistake. So, um, you know, I, I think you look at a guy who's hit, what, three 300-ish every season of his career and, and is in the lineup every single day and looks like he's still improving. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it never happens because it's it's hard to be number one and you have a couple seasons where you finish three, four, five, whatever. Um, absolutely the skill set is there for him to rail off a season where he hits 320 uh, and no one no one can catch up to him. 10-game road trip is in the books to start the season. What have you made of John Schneider's work managing his bullpen and his bench through those 10 games? Yeah, no real complaints on the on the bullpen side. Um, you know, there was one game where Tim Mesa got used and I was a little uncomfortable with it, but the reality is they don't have much when it comes to a, a strong lefty part of the order. Um, we've seen them use kind of Trevor Richards as their pseudo second lefty because he's got that change up that can neutralize uh, the righty lefty matchup a little bit. Um, Basically where I'm at with the bullpen is I don't think it's a John Schneider thing. If you're concerned about the bullpen, I think it's great for April that they have a lot of bullpen depth. And if someone went down, they have some triple a options, but I absolutely think if I'm on with you guys in July, we're going to be for the second year in a row talking about, you know, you need an extra back end of the bullpen arm, an, an extra swing and miss arm. That said, Jimmy Garcia looks really good, but I, I still think you'd like another kind of high-velocity swing and miss guy back there. In terms of the bench, it's it's been curious. Um, you know, I, I, in talking with Ben Ennis on fan drive time here in Toronto, we kind of read into some of Schneider's comments 
um, and, and thought, well, maybe they looked at this 10-game road trip to start the season and said, we want to get every guy into X number of games, and this is how we're going to rotate it around. And obviously there are some days where your lineup construction, you know, that 10-inning game the other day, for example, there was nowhere to get Brandon Belt in that game. Once you put George Springer as the DH uh, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as the first baseman, the only situation in which you'd use Brandon Belt is pinch it for a righty, and he's immediately hooked for defensive purposes. Uh, they went with Kirk for Jansen at one point. They went with Vigio for Espinal at one point. So then Brandon Belt's sitting on the bench, and there's no opportunity to use him, which is fine. He's not hitting particularly well right now. Um, but I do think that'll be a learning curve over the course of the year. How do you put a Brandon Belt in the best position to contribute if he's on the bench that day? Um, how do you continue to work that kind of, Merrifield, Espinal, Biggio, three-man, two-position platoon. Um, and some of that's going to be dictated by just how well guys do. Um, you know, for, at one point we thought Kevin Kiermaier might be a guy who sits against lefties a little more often, uh, not the way he's playing right now. Uh, that simplifies some of the stuff for John Schneider. But, you know, big picture early on so far, um, no real complaints. Maybe get a little more aggressive on the base pass with the lower part of the order, um, just to kind of create something there to support the guys at the top. Uh, for the most part, though, no no real complaints so far. Uh, Blake, real quick before I let you go, how annoying is it that the Tampa Bay Rays are 10-0? Yeah, it's pretty annoying. You come through a 10-game yep. road trip to start the season, you're feeling pretty good about being 6-4, and four, and oh, by the way, you're four games back in the division already, and guess who your next opponent is? The Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they are very annoying, and they have guys on the IL still due to come back. Um, you know, like they're going to add Tyler Glasnow to this mix in not – very long um they've got a couple bullpen guys on the on the il as well uh they're probably going to get even stronger it's very very annoying which is you know kind of the the mission statement for the tampa bay rays is to be as annoying as possible so uh we're off to an on-brand start for them yeah uh, in that beautiful beautiful ballpark they play in um <laughs> blake uh terrific stuff uh enjoy the new brand new spanking renovated roger center tonight thanks for this Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good time. There's Blake Murphy, Blue Jays and Raptors, analyst for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in an Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Going to be doing some color this year on Jays broadcast as well. Yeah, just had his first one with the Angels. Yeah, cool. Um, it's... um. No, I wasn't being a jerk about it. No, no I know. Cool. I know you're, you're not. But the, like, the yeah, way cool. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, good for him. Don't, good for Blake <laughs> Murphy. Everything. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Yeah, cool. Way to wow, go, great. dude. Wow, Blake. Woo, we're all impressed. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, I should have tried to do color on the Hitman games tonight. You that should. Was, ooh, yeah. yeah. I should. Come in. Talk about all those players. I did color for the Hitman. It was a lot of fun. I, I know. It's a good old time. Because you like junior hockey. I love I junior hockey. Junior hockey's great. I'm not saying I just don't hate it. I just, I like to pay attention to the the big stuff. I like the, love watching sports live. Yeah. And they're in the playoffs right now, and I don't know if there's better product than playoff hockey. No, there is not. <laughs> junior hockey where it's just... There's no structure. There's no. There, there's so much testosterone yeah. that is just unbridled. Yes. Sign me up. They just hate each other. Um, Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he loves it. He loves it, too. Um, Stanley Cup playoffs begin Monday without the Calgary Flames. We've been asking you, uh, and it's, it's starting on a Monday. Um, why do you think the Flames missed the playoffs? 960, 960, name and location. Or Sportsnet 960, the fan texting robot is Texty McTexterson. 
and he joins us. What do you got for us, Texty? Big Mike from Maple Ridge. Good morning, gents. The Flames did not make the playoffs because they egregiously ignored Diener's advice to make it better. Turn down the suck. Turn down the suck knob. I think you got the suck knob cranked to 10. Yeah. A lot of suck. Little yeah. foobar reference there. I like that. Um, there's a lot of issues why the Flames missed the playoffs, but I think the the one thing that's really stuck out to me this morning after last night's loss was 17 shootout and overtime losses. Yeah. 17. Great. Just three of those games. Like so many mistakes. Whether it was penalties or whatever it ended up being when we got to, they they were two and five in shootouts this year. Like just nope. Didn't have it. When it got to the when it got to the skills competition, yep. a Daryl Sutter flip. team coin did flip. not excel in the skills competition. Coin flips. Mm-hmm. Wedley in Bridalwood. Flames missed the playoffs because they didn't have enough Provazic, milk, cabbage rolls, yes. or yogurt with antibiotics. What a savage. What a savage. <laughs> Wedley, like, he is... We love you, Wedley. You're such a hardcore He's listener. got this station on 24-7. Wedley remembers things that I don't remember about our he's, own show. He's texting <laughs> Pat. He's listening to Overtime. What was that? Like, that's like a week one reference. Yeah. yeah. Provasic. Yeah, but it's, um, again, it's... Anytime you got a headache, you got to reach for... Got a little... Yeah. Provasic. It's actually uh, one of the Devlin main antibiotics McGregor. that are in yogurt, actually. Oh, really? It's, you can find Provasic. it in... Yeah, Provasic. That's the, the antibiotic that listen, they use in yogurt. Listen, listen. I'm not McGregor a... yogurt. I don't know why in today we trust Big Pharma so much, but there's one pharmaceutical company that I have my full trust behind is Devlin McGregor, the makers of... Provasic. All right, let's get to another one. Brad in Calgary. Flames lost for two reasons. Chemistry. Major overhaul took too long to start finding it. Dot and special teams. Bad power play too many one-goal losses. People have short memories. Johnny and Chucky both sucked in their first exposure to Sutter then had career years. Worst thing we can do is overhaul it. That's a good point. Yep. In today's NHL, look at that team up north. They're an absolute wagon on the power play. And when you can score on the power play and things are a lot easier for you, especially when you're a team that struggles to score goals, that's how that's how today's that's how you win in today's NHL. And if your power play struggles, you're behind it. Here's one thing I've been thinking about too, and, and it's the 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 gotta play the youth, right? And how they don't get played here. Salary cap era, you're not gonna win unless you have players who come in and play on low numbers for you. Because nowadays the top end players are getting paid so much, yeah. The middle guys get squeezed. If you don't have guys coming in on on ELCs to help you out, you're not going to get everything you need from your roster. And instead, you're just burning away the years where they're under a million dollars. Like, like look what Sorelli did for the Lightning. There's examples of it on every single Stanley Cup winning team. Kadri every single cheap. one. Kadri was cheap for the Avs last well, year. Newhook was cheap for the Avs last year. Yeah. McCarr was cheap for the Avs last year. Byron was cheap for the Avs last year. And then you get to the Blues. They had all those kids. Thomas and Cairo were just finding their feet. Like You got to have young kids that can come in and have an impact for you. Not only on your bottom, your, your third line. And listen, this is a Flames team that for most of the year had like $10 million on their third line, mostly because of, on their fourth line, mostly because of Milan Lucic. Too much. Matt and Cochran, there was a lot of the team quitting on the coach talk this season. 
What does it say when the coach quits on the team? Nick mm -hmm. Ritchie in the shootout with your season on the line, really? Yeah, I again I and and I know it's it, it's easy for us to sit here and criticize the coach when they absolutely know more about the game than we do. But it just surprises me that a guy who's been your most consistent forward outside of maybe Michael Backlund, but we can have that argument all day, who's the better forward this season, Backlund or Toffoli? Mm -hmm. The guy had a career year in goal scoring, and he doesn't get a chance to shoot. Not even in the fourth round no. where you go with Backlund. Yep. Which like, Richie shoots, hate. but you don't even give him a chance in the fourth round of the shootout. Listen, I love Backlund there, but yeah, exactly. It's, and he's your guy. Here? You got cups with that guy. Yeah. He's your guy. And you let him sitting on the bench. He is the one guy that has gone to bat for you all year long. Whenever he's been asked about it, he has gone to bat no, for Daryl Sutter. Nothing will be the decision that was not handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl. Yes. But if I'm a Flames player looking down the bench, I'm like, really? We're not letting Tyler Toffoli take a shot here? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Our, our number one sniper? A who guy who scored so many big goals and put us on his back this season. Where's 27? All right, let's get Is one more before Richie? we say goodbye. One more. Jamie and Airdrie. Boys, season on the line and Richie is your third shooter. That's a fireable offense. Bye-bye, D-Suts. Well, we got a lot of that today. Yeah, a and, lot uh, of there's that. There's going to be a lot of that chatter uh, throughout the offseason. Eric Francis is going to join us tomorrow. Looking forward to what the franchise has to say about which direction the franchise is going to take. Um, and we're going to do Impossible Flames trivia tomorrow. I guess maybe put a spin on positivity, have some fun around the Flames. We'll do our best. Yeah. A um, couple rants I had. Check out the podcast. Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever yeah, get it. Really went off about the Richie thing earlier. I really had to get that off my chest. That was our one. And then in, uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, I, I was talking about ownership after the Ryan Leslie interview, mm -hmm. which you should go seek out the Ryan Leslie interview. He was terrific. And uh, uh, we asked him some tough questions. I think that there might be some change coming down based on conversations yeah. we have had on this show with both Ryan Leslie and Eric yeah. Francis, who yeah. know both a lot more than you Changes and I. Changes afoot. The right. uh, winds of change are a-blowing. Is, is, is that song going to be written by the CIA like that song was? Yeah, it was written by the CIA. I don't know. That's a conspiracy oh, wow. theory. Um, that's it for us. Bye? Question um, mark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got to go. Okay. Uh, do we got Do we got more big show coming up? Not today. We'll, we'll be back. We got tomorrow. replay. We got replay. All right. We should probably replay that Leslie interview. Catch Alex? the rants. Are we replaying the Leslie interview? Uh, He's gonna say no. Are you, are you gonna be on the air? Or no. There he is. I can. Uh, I can see what I can do. Here. What, were you, what did you have cooked up for the replay? We were gonna replay Gastic, but I can. I can make time for Ryan. You should probably do the Ryan one. Time. Okay. All right. Although I love Luke, he's great. But uh, there was some hard-hitting stuff on the Leslie interview. All right. We'll hear from Ryan then again at 930. Okay. Bingo. Cool. You're welcome. All right. Have a great day. Flames out of the playoffs. I don't know. It's sunny out. Jays and it's stuff. Be warm. Jays and stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.